We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's time to talk politics. It's Hardline on WBEN. Now, WBEN's David Bellavia. It's all about show preparation, my friends. Welcome to Hardline. We've got Dr. Jacob Nyheisel back from his uh, extended stay. In Ohio. The in Ohio. Ohio. Whatever. Uh, we'll, we'll get into details of that later. We have breaking news, actually, Dr. Nyheisel. Dr. Jacob Nyheisel joins us from the University of Buffalo. He's the Associate Professor of Political Science. And uh, at this point, I think the your bio should... We, we could truncate the bio. You've been here every week for the last 15 weeks. But we have breaking news as uh, we're hearing that they are starting to stake out the Department of Justice right now, media is assembling. It appears that William Barr is on a Sunday morning headed to the Department of Justice at this moment. And Rod Rosenstein, the uh, Deputy Attorney General of right. the United States, who was not even supposed to be in this position. He was actually supposed to resign right. that job a week and a half ago. He stayed on only for this moment, which is the release of the Mueller report. Uh, what we're we're seeing right now and, and what we're speculating is going to happen is that the Attorney General, William Barr, is going to summarize the Mueller report. He's going to brief members of the House and the Senate, and that summary is going to be released to the public. What, As far as the Democrats go, we're hearing uh, that they want a full report released, right. but that was never the intent from the beginning. I don't know if it was, but they certainly have some institutional levers to draw anything that they can out of that report, right? They can subpoena folks, they can bring them to testify, closed door or not. And so I, I think it's in their best interest to get all the juicy details because all we know now is that there aren't any more indictments. And so I think the president can kind of take a victory lap on that. However, there might still be things in here that are not exactly flattering to the president. And I think that's what Democrats are going to want to, to dig into further. Well, you know, here's here's where I call shenanigans on the Democratic argument. All right. And, and because, first of all, the Ken Starr uh, mandate for what a special prosecutor is completely different than Robert Mueller's mandate. And it was because of Ken Starr. Right. We didn't want a, a special prosecutor, an independent investigator to come out with a 500 page book of the most. You know, I mean, that was ext- that was not a good day for the republic. Whether no. you were pro Clinton or against Clinton, there was way too much minutia. It way- was pretty salacious, yeah, <laughs> and, and it was totally unnecessary. You could have gotten to the obstruction, you could have gotten to the perjury right. without getting into details of the presidential humid, you know, humidor. Right, that was a little bit absurd. Now we get to where Mueller Mueller never was going to make a public report. There was we haven't even heard Mueller's voice. Matter of fact, when Robert De Niro was playing Robert Mueller, he had to go back to like 2002 <laughs> to even know what the guy sounded like. Yeah. So you 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 know his reputation and the the reason why he took this job is because he didn't feel comfortable playing the Ken Starr role. Yeah. But here's the thing: 
if if you're expecting the Mueller report to be something that's going again, the argument has always been that there's a constitutional debate as to whether or not a sitting president can be indicted to begin with. Well, if you knew that you couldn't indict a sitting president, and and if that was a real argument that the Department of Justice is having, then he's above the law. And if he's above the law, there is no need for a special prosecutor. So I don't even buy that. I I don't buy the argument that Mueller is not indicting the president of the United States because he believes and the people that are in his team believe that a sitting president can't be indicted. If that's the case, why do you even investigate a sitting president? Right. He certainly could pawn some things off. Maybe Southern District of New York wants to to do some things. Maybe the congressional hearings that, you know, what, what was it, 80 subpoenas a couple weeks ago, maybe those are going to bear fruit. And so I, I hardly think this is the end of it, but I don't think it was the, the smoking gun that a lot of folks are really expecting to see out of it. Well, we've got a, a really busy show. Uh, we're going to have Michael Caputo here live in studio at 11. Uh, we'll take your calls on the Republican line at 803-0930. Uh, we'll take your Democratic lines at 644-9875. But Dr. Jacob Nyheisel, your profession, what you've dedicated your life to do is, is to take you know, any breaking news story, national interest story, how does it uh, relate to the body politic? Right Right now, you can't run as a Republican Party on my president didn't get indicted. That's not a very good 2020. (laughs) Indicted, but never convicted. Yeah, right. You you don't want the, uh, the, the Nixon stink, right? Right. But if you look at the Democratic side, this is a real slippery slope. I, the, the Republicans gambled and lost on the impeachment of Bill Clinton. Not only did they lose on the fact that they, the guy kept was stayed in office, they actually became almost a victim. He was a martyr after that. And then they lost two consecutive speakers of the House on salacious <laughs> allegations that they yeah. were making towards uh, Clinton. That's where we got the whole notion that when Republicans fail, they screw up, they resign, Democrats stay in power for a while. But, but it came because you lost Livingston, you lost Gingrich, right. essentially on infidelity charges. Right now, if the Democratic Party is going to go into a national election, all we hear about 2020, sure. everyone's focused on the White House. How can you possibly, for 22 months, you've been saying, Robert Mueller's the savior. Robert Mueller is going to correct the sins of 2016. Mm-hmm. And now there's no, not only are there no indictments on the president, there's no indictments on Don Jr., on Eric Trump, on Ivanka Trump, on mm-hmm. Jared Kushner, all the people that certainly can be indicted. A sitting president could have his son indicted if he's committed. None of these things are happening. No mention of any indictments, collusion with Russia. We have have a a parallel uh, investigation going on with the inspector general, and they're looking into FISA abuses. They're now looking into the the actions of not only Andy McKay, but but James Comey. Mm So you actually could get indictments out of the FBI that was investigating Trump to begin with. How do you possibly change the narrative if you're still saying we're going to do nothing but investigate this president for the next two years? I think what the Mueller report is going to do, particularly, you know, there's no indictments out of it or additional indictments. It introduces some danger for Democrats. If they keep harping on this, it, it might look like a repeat of 1997, 1998, where this is all Republicans talked about, and the country didn't really care. You know, if you look at the polls around the time surrounding Bill Clinton's uh, impeachment, 
people thought he was a horrible human being. I mean, that was that was established. However, the economy is kind of booming. We're sort of riding the tail end of the dot-com bubble. Things are good in America, and it was excusable. And I think that that is a, a real danger that they're going to have to look at is if the rest of the country is going well and people rightly or wrongly are giving Donald Trump the credit for it, there's a real danger here in continuing to harp on this. I mean, the base of the Democratic Party is going to uh, present a candidate that they want to be the representative of the Democratic Party, but the base of the Democratic Party is not going to elect a president. Right. Just like the base of the Republican Party is not going to elect a president. They're going to elect a candidate for their party, but you've got to get those independents. You've got to get yep. the the resurgence of the blue dog Democrat, the union worker, the person that's looking at their 401k and looking right. at their jobs and saying, this is what we want. And now, not only is the juxtaposition that you're going after you know, the president after it, it seems that there's no, I mean, proof that there's anything there. Now you're going to also layer that with we want combustible engines to be removed and we want a new economy and we want to bring us into a cleaner, you know, these are, these, there's birth pains with all of those sure. major moves, but you can't do it at the same federal election. It, it would seem to be a risky strategy. Uh, but at the same time, the base wants it, and you know, that's how primaries are won, right? The primary voter is someone who's highly engaged, someone who's more ideological on average, and that's not what wins general elections, though. 60 years of modern political science, we know Democrats vote for Democrats, Republicans vote for Republicans, and independents vote for the winner. You still need independents. You can't build a winning coalition just out of your base. And let, let's talk a little bit about that primary uh, situation right now with the Democratic Party. Forget the candidates for a second. Let's just talk about the, the, the gears and the teeth of this. There's some really weird things going on. The superdelegate is what really tainted the Democratic primary back in 2016, where you, you know, basically had Bernie Sanders winning a state. And then when it came to the superdelegates, it didn't really matter. It wasn't like an electoral system where right. the majority winner took all of the delegates. There were superdelegates that pretty much had made their decision up before there was even a primary vote. Super Tuesday it wasn't all that super because it turned out that Hillary had this thing won. So to correct, to, to I, I guess to counter those uh, sins that were committed back sure. in 2016, the Democrats have got a new system in place, but this new system is actually more corruptible than the old system because it basically shows that if you win, let's say, Michigan or Indiana, your delegates will be decided by what happens in California and New York. They took a plurality of the right. vote, and now the national vote will supersede the actual state vote. And that does not, that, that's almost going in the other direction of, you know, it, it absolutely destroys the idea that you have one vote, one voice right. in a state. It looks like they're trying to, to get rid of a 2016 situation or avoid a 2016 situation where you have Bernie and Hillary fighting it out way, way too long, at least from the party's perspective, into the campaign such that they're upping each other's negatives that are going to then carry over into a general election campaign. That's one of the things that they don't want to, to have happen again. And we've seen this over and over again. Parties will do what they can to exercise control over the process. They may move in the democratizing direction a little bit because of public appearances, but they'll do what they can to maintain control and have their preferred candidate step forward. And so, so what you're saying is that this process, even though it's really not democratic, 
this process will get a candidate faster than having 21 people bash each other's heads right. in for a year and a half, which is what it appears in the old system you would not have had if this group stays together for 16 months you're not going to have a candidate until the convention right and in this system in the first three primaries you're going to lose 70 percent of these people i think that's what they're looking at and the republicans did this uh on the in 2016 as well they they thought that or at least from an outsider's perspective they thought that 2012 was just a little bit too long they were knocking each other out Romney's racking up negatives in exchanges with, you know, the guy from, what was it, the Gotham Pizza guy or, uh, or uh, what was that? <laughs> Howard Kane. That's who yeah, I'm yeah. Thinking. There was a, a tremendous <laughs> amount of blood. That, well, that's what happens when you have a long contested yep. primary. But again, if you go back to 2016, I think another lesson the Democrats have learned, don't have the opposing media or the perceived left-wing media don't have them uh, dictate your candidate. Right. And so the Republicans went on CNN and MSNBC and got bashed, and they're not doing that. They're not going to Fox News because they don't want that narrative to don't lay out our negatives, don't expose the right-wing ideology in a progressive system. We're only going to stay on CNN. We're yep. only going to stay on MSNBC. And I think for, as a Democrat, I think that's a smart move. Yeah. Uh, the great thing that goes along with uh, media choice, maybe not great for the American public, but great thing for candidates is, gosh, you have much more control over your narrative than you ever did before. You now know who your friendly audiences are and you can you can move toward those. And you know what? If they don't want to give you a fair hearing or a friendly hearing, you'll just go straight to the public. Right? You'll use Twitter. You'll use some other mechanism. You'll get your message out if you're going to take tough questions. Well, we've got a lot uh, happening that's breaking right now. The Mueller report, we're going to get into that. We're going to take a quick break. We come back, we'll take your calls. 803-0930 if you're a Republican. 644-9875 if you're a Democrat. We've got some uh, ABC News that we'll play for you. And uh, we'll get to this Mueller report. What's What does it mean not only for the president, but what does it mean for the Democratic Party? And what is going to be the... Uh, the battle cry for 2020. This is all leading up at a perfect time to make the Mueller report a campaign issue. We want to hear what you have to say. We've got Dr. Jacob Nyheisel. It's Hardline. We'll be back right after this. What, what's happening? What just happened? Joe Beamer hijacked the show again. With his... Playing some Garth Brooks bombs? Yeah. Anyway, thanks. Uh, welcome back to Hardline. Joe Beamer is behind the board. We've got Dr. Jacob Nyheisel from the University of Buffalo, uh, Associate Professor of Political Science. We're taking your calls, 803-0930 on the Republican line, 644-9875 on the Democratic line. Let me just play you some audio right now about what's happening uh, as we speak. We've got uh, William Barr, the Attorney General of the United States, all the media is outside the DOJ right now. The offices in downtown Washington. Rod Rosenstein has been spotted. William Barr has been spotted. It turns out that all the rumors we heard last night that this is happening right now, that there is a summary that has been made by the attorney general. That summary will be given not only to the leaders in the House and the Senate, but that summary will be shared, whether the entire summary, but the report will not be shared. And the reason for that was when the report was written, it was never designed to be shared with the public. You have grand jury testimony in there. You have uh, tactics, techniques, and procedures that are in there. Right. And, and the other thing is that 
you you know that pesky thing called the Constitution. If a grand jury meets and decides not to indict you, There's your some. name shouldn't be thrown out there. You weren't indicted. Why right. should why should we talk about the things you were accused of doing if the law enforcement and the prosecutors decided not to indict you on those things? Right. So that's another reason why it won't be uh, released. But here is uh, Tara uh, Tara Palmieri of ABC News in Washington. Her report. While Democrats wait on Barr's summary, they are already demanding that any briefings be unclassified so they can share them with the American public. Top Democrats also asked the DOJ, the White House, and the FBI to preserve all documents so that they can retrace Mueller's work for their own investigations. And she went on to say uh, this about the Democrats demanding the entire report be released. The $25 million investigation leading to 37 indictments, including some of the president's closest associates. Lawmakers on both sides of the aisle already demanding to see the full report and the underlying evidence. Democrats threatening to use their subpoena power to get it. But some Republicans are saying it's time to move on. Well, uh... Dr. Jacob Neheisel, uh, that's where we're at. Republicans say, let's move on. Democrats say, we want it all. What ends up happening? What do you think? Uh, good question. I'm really bad at prognosticating, but I think there's danger from both sides here where if Republicans continue to say it's a witch hunt and then look like they're going to, to poo-poo or make moves against anything that's going on in the Southern District of New York, anything that's going on with the subpoenas that the House is, is issuing, um, then they have the potential to, to look a little bit uh, uh, like they're interfering or like they're they're trying to, to weave something out of the rug. Democrats, they have this very same danger where they were waiting on the Mueller report. This was going to be their savior. And if it doesn't turn out to, to net what they were hoping, now it looks like they're just keeping the wheels moving for because. That is the first time Jacob Nyheisel has used the word poo-poo on this show. And, uh, but anyway, is that a banned word? Can, it I, is, can I say that? Do yeah. we have to dump? We're going to go to Ellen and uh, get the update on news. Stay on hold. We're going to get to your calls as soon as we come back. 803-0930, Republican line, 644-9875 is the Democratic line. The next segment is all callers. We want to hear from you. It's the Mueller Report. It's Hardline. Welcome back to Hardline. I've got Dr. Jacob Nyheisel here from the University of Buffalo, Associate Professor of Political Science. Let's go right to the phones as promised. 644-9875 is the Democratic line, 803-0930, the Republican line. Let's start out with the Republicans and go to Kathy. Kathy, you're on Hardline. What's on your mind today with the Mueller report? Well, great show, but I have a question. I want to know, under the Freedom of Information Act. Will the following statistics ever be made public? How many man hours were there? Were they paid the regular salaries or were they paid overtime? Who paid for the food while they were in these sessions? You know they didn't go to Burger King. Were any overnight stays at hotels used? And if so, whose expense account did it go on? Uh, the expenditures for this fiasco, will they ever be released? And if so, where can I get a copy? And one more point. Yeah. This is my money they're using. This is your money. We should be able to see what's done with our money and who used it and for what purpose. There, There is always a report that's mm -hmm. uh, put out, uh, the Congressional Budget Office does, the GAO, they put out a, a, a report of the special, uh, uh, we will have a price tag for this. Yeah. I doubt it will be itemized. 
uh, you know, into breakdowns into what. But we'll know uh, what the dollar amount was. Definitely, Kathy. You might be able to get more information using a FOIA request, but. I, I don't see them using like a, a I, well, narrow exemption or anything like that. Exactly. But I mean, th- that's a question I've heard. Kathy's certainly not the only one. Appreciate your call, Kathy. Thank you for that. But th- th- these things always have price tags. The, yep. the Ken Starr thing was used as a bludgeon, right. you know, over the what we wasted millions and millions. This is definitely going to be in the tens of millions of dollars. I would think Without so. a doubt. And then you've got another investigation going on simultaneously, and, and that has a, a price tag as well. Let's go to the Democratic line. Republican line has a spot open. 803-0930, the Democratic line, 644-9875. Let's go to Tony in Clarence on the Democratic line. Tony, what's on your mind today? Well, first of all, uh, Professor, uh, wasn't the directive that uh, Mueller was under was to uh, uh, investigate the Russian influence in our election? Is, am I correct or am I incorrect? I believe that was his dictate. However, special prosecutors, they have a lot of leeway. I mean, hey. look at how the, the, the Lewinsky thing unfolded. That started out as a, a real estate investigation under Whitewater and ended up in, in, into yeah, the Lewinsky affair. So. And, and, and Tony, in, in 2018, there was a scope change. He had a, a something happened with the special prosecutor and the Mueller report changed their scope. The American people, uh, that has all been under seal. And we don't know what changed in the investigation, but we are aware that something happened in 2018 and it became more of a financial investigation than a Russian collusion. And that's when you started to see the indictments against Manafort, Cohen and all those others. First of all, there is no such term legally as collusion. It's a conspiracy. That is not you're you're misrepresenting collusion. Oh, I'm not misrepresenting anything. I'm 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 saying that. Well, I'm, I'm just. That's not a legal term. I'm trying to tell you it is a conspiracy that has to be proven. Now, hasn't this uh, Mueller report indicted like 30 uh, Russian people and companies involved in our election? 37 total people have been indicted, and I believe two thirds of those are Russian nationals. Yes. Yeah, so where, what he is trying to prove then. He has proven in the report already by the indictments. Right, but, but what side were they colluding with? What side were they conspiring with? With the, with the Republicans. How do you know that? Manafort, Cohen, all these. That's not, that's not what those guys got hit for. Those guys got hit for hacking. Those guys got hit for uh, selling fake companies and, and fake news through Facebook and other uh, advertising agencies that circumvented the Federal Election Commission. There's, there's, well, we don't know anything because we don't have the report. But we know that those indictments that you're referring to are Russian nationals, and those people will never be brought to justice. They'll never be brought to the United States. But there's proof that they helped this president get elected. That's, that's not what they're proving at all. They're proving that they involved themselves illegally in the campaign. There's at least two thirds. Of the two-thirds of the 37 that were indicted, five of those guys were involved in something connected with the Democratic email hack. Yeah, they were involved in hacking. Why would they hack the Democratic emails if they weren't helping Donald Trump? Well, because at the time, listen, at the time, you could very well say that Bernie Sanders was connected to that. You have no evidence that that was a Republican conspiracy, that that was something that was connected to Trump. Did you read the indictments of the law? I have, actually. 
No, you didn't read it. I am, I'm sitting here looking right at it, Tony. What, what do you want? You've got no indictments on the President of the United States. What is your, for 22 months, Tony, you've been calling into programs like this, and you've been saying this is going to lead to the downfall of the President of the United States. I'm saying right now that if you want to say that the Democratic emails were used to, to destroy Hillary Clinton's campaign, you could very well make the argument that those emails were used to destroy destroy Donna Brazil and Bernie Sanders. Right? Tony. Why does he always do that? He starts screaming incoherently and then he hangs up on the phone just with to, to defend, uh, there are there are more there the Democratic hack and again we're going to the Podesta situation where his personal emails were taken the Democratic emails that were hacked so you have a hack and you have a phishing uh you know uh, these are what were alleged right. how we got these emails. When you look at the DNC emails, there is not anything that is derogatory against Hillary Clinton in those DNC emails, only that the DNC was conspiring against Bernie Sanders. There's a lot of evidence that shows that the Bernie Sanders people were the ones that were trying to get those emails out to everyone because they wanted to show that their guy got screwed over. And if there's anyone that really was damaged the most by the DNC emails, it certainly doesn't show up in any exit poll. When you see why did you vote for Hillary Clinton, no one says the DNC emails did that. What you do see, though, are Democrats saying those DNC emails show anti-Catholic bigotry, anti-Hispanic bigotry. Donna Brazil had inside information. They screwed over. Bernie Sanders. Nobody that voted for Donald Trump said it's because of the DNC emails. If anything, Bernie Sanders people were more upset about the DNC emails than any one of the Trump campaign. Tony has a point, though. That there is an argument to be made that Russians came in, clearly were on one side versus another, and I don't know that they changed minds. In fact, most political science research suggests it's very difficult to change minds, particularly when you're trying to channel people toward an echo chamber. What they could have done is mobilized, and I think that that is is one thing that could have possibly affected the outcome of the election. I don't know what the standard of evidence for that is, and I highly doubt that any social science research suggesting that people were more mobilized because of fake news from Russian outlets, because of the the kinds of presence that they had in the campaign, that that was determinative. And that would be the kind of evidence you would need to say, yep, they flipped the election. So we have under oath uh, James Comey. Uh, we have the fact that James Comey took presidential notes when he sat down with the president, gave it to a buddy to go to a member of the media for the sole purpose of getting Robert Mueller on the case to be a special prosecutor. Then we know without any doubt that the special prosecution, the basis of the, of the FISA court, was based on a dossier written by a guy who's working with KGB information. Now we know that that KGB information was financed by a political party and all that information was kept from a FISA judge. That right there is game, set, match. If there's any collusion, if there's any conspiracy, why are we not even addressing the fact that the very reason why Carter Page, Michael Flynn had their, these are American citizens, you're talking that are now working within the confines or the tertiary confines of a political presidential campaign. You're telling me that if Barack Obama or members, he's unmasking over 300 people, there are five people in the United States that can unmask people. We have 300 unmasked people that are in this orbit. 
And we're saying that the DNC, which we have no evidence, less than 0.8% of exit polls show that anyone that didn't vote for Hillary Clinton, you know, voted because of the DNC email hack. But we're pointing that the Russian invasion of our election is based solely on this email hack of Podesta. We found out he likes to drink human blood. Uh, you know, <laughs> there we go. We found out that that uh, Donna Brazil cooked the books in a debate. But what what of the very essence of the foundation of this investigation? It's based on Russian intelligence, which is not true. Not why, to, why is that not even a bigger issue? Not to spin conspiracy theories on air, but it's certainly possible that the Russians wanted to make both sides look bad and that... Anything that, that was going to happen after the election, they would give the other side enough to start investigations, to well, you bring sow up dissension. A, are you telling me, and in, in you've studied this enough to, over the years, that Russia only cared about 2016? You're telling me that there aren't Russian budgets and attempts for intelligence apparatuses to get involved in the 1972 election, the 76 election, the 1980? We do the same thing. Sure. Of course we do. I mean, do you honestly believe that we're not right now in Venezuela making sure that Maduro never gets elected president again? Yep. What are we doing? right? Netanyahu, you had the State Department go uh, literally put money into Benjamin Netanyahu's reelection campaign. School of the Americas. We could go there. I mean, that's there, there's what they lots do. Of, lots of involvement. Uh, America does it. Russia does it. Yep. By the way, guess who else does it? China does sure. it. China is involved. Iran is involved. Every you're oh, if you have a democratically elected government and you don't want you want to create havoc, mm -hmm. this is what you do. I mean, yeah. to me, what this shows is a, a little bit of either fake naivete or purposeful naivete. But there's a lot of people that are pretending that the Russians got involved in democracy in the United States in 2016. It's a little bit far-fetched. This is a problem we've had really prosecuting the entirety of the Cold War. We don't always understand where our adversaries are coming from. So to what seems rational to us may not necessarily seem rational to them and vice versa. And I, I think that a lot of foreign policy mistakes that have been made over the years are fundamentally misunderstanding the end game for an opponent. I mean, there's some jokes in the foreign policy community where it's like, you know, if the president wants to, to think about what Khrushchev wanted to do, he interviews himself uh, because he can't think of any other way to approach a problem or approach a situation than his own point of view. And so I, I think that some of that might be going on here where, yeah, we don't know what the Russian endgame was. They're clearly involved on multiple levels. It could have been they wanted to, you know, uh, make both sides look bad. Uh, certainly they do have a... a, a record of coming in and into the fold on on right-wing causes right they did this in france to a certain extent absolutely but it's not clear what their meta goal is which could just be to sow dissent if they can do that through the right-wing politics they'll do that there if they can do it through a left-wing upstart they'll do it there I, I i honestly don't know and foreign policy is not really my thing but that's that's my understanding looking at it but from like ten thousand feet let's go to uh, the republican line 8030930 democratic line is 6449875 kevin and pendleton you're on the republican line sir go ahead uh, i just want to stay on the topic of this segment because uh, you have it in the second segment anyway this russia thing um george orwell's book animal farm clearly shows art imitating life for example the democratic parties delegates and super delegates and this new scam, whatever they come up with now, where Napoleon the pig, the main villain, stated that all animals are equal, and, but some more than others. So this is your delegates and superdelegates when it comes to that platform in the Democratic Party. And by the way, gentlemen, 
Don't rely on the Republican Party, Conservative Party, the media, or even academia to expose this form of political apartheid because these institutions, to some extent, also benefit or, or are a part of this hijacking of our electoral or political process. What do you think of that, good doctor? I think you're absolutely right in some respects. There is no incentive for the parties to bring into the fold other upstarts, right? There's a lot of reasons why ballot access rules are so difficult for third parties to overcome. There's a lot of reasons why the game is set up in such a way that really institutionalizes a two-party system. And they will do and have historically done whatever it is to maintain control and keep control and affect their preferred outcome. Like independents like myself, for example, when I say independent, not independent party, but independents like myself, they want to keep us out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, ab- that is the threat. And by the way, those are the people that, that dictate elections. Uh-huh. Yeah. I- it's the blanks. I mean, if the Democrats, you heard that when we had the Democratic chair uh, from New York State in here last week talking about, you know, the blanks are the ones that, that determine all these races. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's only lip service given because he's part of the problem, too. And if you want a clear example of this right here in Erie County, your Erie County Democratic chairman is also a commissioner on the Board of Elections. Oh, there's no conflict of interest at all there, Kevin. Really? Under the watch, <laughs> Woody, your Republican chair. So you see? And, and what, as soon as that job opens up, you'll be at the Water Authority. That's usually how it works. Goes from elections to party to water. That's that's usually the trifecta, the godhead. Kevin, always great to talk to you. Let's go to John in Rochester. John, you're on with Dr. Jacob Nyheisel on the Republican line. Hey, Doctor. Hey, hey, Dave. Yeah, you know this is this is so ironic. Uh, Russian collusion. Give me give me a break. It start Russian collusion started with uh, Alger Hiss in uh, negotiating with the Soviet Union after World War II, when Alger Hiss, who was a Soviet sympathizer, negotiated the, uh, the parts of the armistice uh, on behalf of FDR. FDR was too sick. And it, it carried into Ted Kennedy in the 1980s uh, when he tried to negotiate with the Russians to get Ronald Reagan uh, uh, to lose that election the, uh, the second term. And then we've got now... This uh, collusion, the biggest, I think, scandal in America, at least in my lifetime, since Eisenhower's been in office, uh, of this uh, uh, conspiracy, I'll call it, between Obama's Justice Department, uh, CIA, FBI, and other departments, NSA. Uh, it started with uh, Loretta Lynch uh, wouldn't let Comey prosecute Hillary Clinton back in July of 2016. I'll tell you, this is unbelievable. And the conspiracy that went on against Trump, Dave, you mentioned it, the unmasking of, you mentioned 300 individuals, I think, uh, with these phony FISA warrants based on the dossier of uh, the, the Podestas got involved. The uh, Podesta was the... Uh, John, when, when Michael Horowitz is... Uh, we're expecting this in about six weeks. When the Michael Horowitz independent uh, investigation goes on to the FISA court f- abuses, that those will you will see indictments there. 
And I'm telling you, Michael Horowitz, of all the reputations of the people, this guy, you know, Inspector General, these guys are above the, I mean, they are just lily white. They pick only the best of the best. And you're going to see all these names out there. And I think the left is going to come unglued because everything you're saying, this is not a part of the Mueller investigation. No, they, they weren't going to get into the unmasking. There was fraud committed on the FISA courts to get these uh, the, these wiretaps to get into the personal lives of American citizens. And don't forget for one second, the Democratic Party knows full well you can't release the Mueller report. You're not going to release the names of people accused of something that there was no evidence to, to base an indictment on. Dave, would you agree this is the biggest scandal in in American history? I mean, this is unbelievable in my lifetime. And I gotta, I gotta tell you, well, you're gonna have Mike Caputo on uh, later. Uh, ask Mike about Skolkovo, a uh, Russian high-tech facility that uh, Hillary and Bill Clinton con- contrived with to. Uh, right. Listen, John, I'll I'll put you on hold, and if you want to ask that question of Michael yourself, you can. We're going to go to a break. Dr. Jacob Nyheisel, we come back. We'll have Michael Caputo live in studio. He just got off CNN. He'll be live for the entire hour. You can call in on the Republican line at 803-0930. David in Lockport, you want to stay on hold. We'll get you after the break. Uh, 644-9875 on the Democratic line. Michael Caputo joins us on Hardline right after this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.